grain of rice and a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, lads. Uh, bright and early here in West Clare. Uh, you're all very welcome along to the Irish Examiner uh, Hurlands podcast. Um, delighted to welcome Derek today uh, as our special guest. Well done, Derek. You had a lovely new gizmo there in the Sunday game last night. I <laughs> hope you've opened up for me for this. <laughs> yeah, not sure now, but you're lucky. We'll, we'll, you have to start somewhere, I suppose. We'll be ringing you for a few tips bright and early next Sunday. Uh, Wesley, you could have you could have given us a bit of notice about that there anyway. But look, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we've one very well dressed man beaming from ear to ear here this morning as well. He's nice little V-neck, uh, maroon Gansey and short and it's like a man going about business. We're all on very early on a bank holiday Monday. Yeah, appreciate that, guys. Thank you for your help. Uh, I have a chauffeur picking me up at 10.30. I'm heading for Barry House. So I'll be requiring your assistance during the day. Uh, if you can help me with any, any old winner, Marco, I'll be calling on you. So like, if you're in the right direction, that'd be great. So good day yesterday. Now I'm hoping to make it two good days in a row. Yeah, I have one um, for you, TJ. See, Mazarone, 66-1. Six, oh, Lord Larius. Don't forget me now. Okay, listeners, you can rule that one out. Anyway. Have, have, you, have, you any, have you anything yourself, TJ, just to pick him up after yesterday? Like, I think JP, JP's got a couple of nice chances, and I think that he might he might have a triple on the day. Um, better times ahead, and um, Janet will definitely be been two of them, and can't get a turbo now. Follow, follow JP, his horses are running well, he had a good entry, good day yesterday, as I said, as well, and I think he might have uh, a couple of winners today. Okay, okay. Grand National Day in Ireland. Actually, Marco, Marco, you come back to horse in the first race, JP's horse, right? Know what his name is? Lift the ball in. What? Better (laughs) times yet? No, better times ahead. Better times ahead. (laughs) The next horse I'm going to name now is Let the Ball In. Let the ball into the forwards. Yeah, um, yeah, that's enough for the race, and I suppose because you're leaving at half ten, TJ. So we'll we'll, we'll crack on. Um, lovely to be in Cork yesterday. It was great to be back, lads, with a nearly a full house. I know tickets were available, all right, but um, fabulous atmosphere. Even though we were locked into our, our, our room above, I was getting pictures of lads saying you have an awful shiny head from the, the terrace inside <laughs> in the box. But you're uh, you'll have that. We we few supporters banging on the window, and that was great. It's like Sky Sports. And uh, we, Mr. Dowling and Mr. Cusick, having a good rap off each other too at times, and there was plenty. Um, I was like Colin O'Rourke back in the heyday of Pet Spillane and and Joe Bradley. I was kind of just letting them matter and trying to keep it, keep it. You were in the middle. I was well, myself and Joanne were trying to keep it. I know they were, they were only having the banter, sure, but they're good at it, the two of them. But um, yeah. uh, big statement, big statement, lads. I suppose an awful lot of speculation since the league is over. No one even. Shane brought me back as far as Limerick, Shane Dowling. And uh, I said, did you f- kind of feel at any stage that it wa- you were in trouble like coming up the last few weeks? And he said, Jesus, they lot. you know, <laughs> you would be beginning. There was a lot of people starting to talk. and But you had faith, of course. He says, and I obviously lucky to be with the PRC back purling. And uh, he said, you'd be meeting the boys and there'd have to be the gossip and how things were going. And he said, you know, you had faith. And 
um, it was a big statement, uh, TJ, from ye, like um, cut new departures, John Kiley naming a dummy team, etc., uh, etc. Et um, good stand in Mike Casey. Oh, the cover was good, I suppose, but at the same time, what a performance for a man that hadn't played in a big game, really, due respect to the Offaly League game uh, since the, the Kilkenny defeat in 19. I mean, two Crusades and um, picked a header Richie English, which I possibly questioned as well before the match, who I thought was maybe one of your more consistent players in the league. But uh, it looked as if you got you got all the calls right again and, and the move of Kyle up, albeit it looks like a big doubt for the weekend after the injury. But he gave you an awful fulcrum up front. Though he wasn't on him a huge amount of ball, but again, Kylie getting the calls right. Yeah, uh, I think we, we we looked as Limerick people to trust the boys that what they've done over the last number of years would happen again. I think that did happen. Um, we were all looking for that little bit of an edge or a little bit of a spark in the championship. It was a first round championship game. I think John went on record of saying, look, that he expected Cork to come off to a flyer because they had the games. Limerick didn't get the best of starts. But after that, once they settled into it, what we saw from our half-back line and our midfield especially, um, and that Gerard Hegarty being back to where he was, um, was, was incredible. I just thought that on, on the day, that the half-back line, five, six, seven, eight, nine, that, that, that group of players were just phenomenal. And for me, like Willow who sets the tone and like his flicks and his touches and his hits and his wrapping people in the tackle, very fairly, might I add. It was incredible. But I suppose I thought that Burns and, and Hannon yesterday were off the charts. I thought what Burns did. Uh, seven points from play from our defenders must be close to a record with four different ones. Dan Morrissey a point, Barry Nash two, Declan Hannon one, and David Burns three. Now, Burns scored six altogether, but seven from play from their defenders. I suppose it says a lot. It probably says a bit about Cork too. It's the first round of the championship. I wouldn't be getting carried away. I wouldn't be wearing the green jerseys this morning. I'm here at Delo. I think that we have a bit to go. You'd look a bit I stupid think, in Fairy House, in it? Yeah, so I think that the Cork contributed uh, to a, a little. I think there's a huge amount of question marks. I'm not going to delve into them, but like some of the defending and some of the stuff that they did was just off the charts. Again, they have big questions to ask. But from a Limerick point of view, very happy that the spark is back. Very happy that the championship was up and running. We had a great day out. Uh, Park and Keeve was looking splendid. Unbelievable ground, Marco. I had the pleasure of being up in the premium with a lot of... Uh, met one of your club mates, an, an old sparring partner of mine, the great Joe Dean. Uh, he was on about my grateful back play back in the day, complimenting me once again. And even better than that, Dale, all right? I, I Actually, we were in early. We were in the ground before two o'clock. In where we had the podcast the other night, two lovely big TV screens... One huge, big down, drop down screen. No match. No match. <laughs> no match, Marco. No match, Marco. The technology left you down in your hundred mil beautiful house. Whatever happened, so someone needs to have a chat there. But I, I happened to be in the company of the referees Jeez. beforehand. There, yeah, uh, Fergal and Johnny Ryan and John Keenan and the linesman and stuff. And you know what? They had a whole conversation. They were complimenting us on our. Um, refereeing talk on the podcast they were very happy with it they said not sure which one of the three of us they were aiming at now they said Derek was fine but one of the three of us needed to brush up on our rules I mentioned no names <laughs> but o- o- other than that they were very happy with us so there was a great atmosphere there was a great atmosphere the crack was mighty great mix of Limerick and Cork people absolutely beautiful grounds it's a fantastic stadium 
and the place was humming and rocking and great atmosphere beforehand. And look, I suppose everyone was hoping that the match would live up to being you know, a proper opening round Munster Championship game. For a while, cock it off to a great start. But after that, Marco, big questions. Going after 16 seconds, he scored 1-8 in the first half. Uh, four of those were frees from, Mark, or from Patrick Horgan. And in the second half, beautiful start again. After that uh, second point by, um, by Conor Lahan, I think from the 39th minute, he scored five points from there to home. All five were scored by Hoggy. Four from frees, one from play. Enough said. Brutal. Yeah. Enough we'll said. Let you, we'll, let you, we'll let you respond, Mark. I kind of directed it directly <laughs> at you, so I suppose I won't intervene and, and you know, I'll let you just come back to whatever you feel is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, very, very hard to defend all lads. Um, I suppose the one thing is that um, going back to the Ireland final last year, the two young fellas were looking for the Nintendo after 15 minutes. They lasted about 40 minutes on Sunday, so that's a bit of an improvement uh, that we, we, we managed to stay in the game for that length of time, but... Um, Cork was just kamikaze stuff yesterday. It was just, what a start we got. Breeze behind us, a goal and two points. You know, we poked the bear. If there was any bit of a weakness in the Limerick setup, we were going to find out. Uh, and next of all, we proceeded to stop delivering the ball into the forward line and invited Limerick on us. And once the, I suppose the hole started to open up, Limerick went back to their usual game plan, being able to find the loose man. And probably not one loose man, but there was probably three or four loose men all the time with the man in possession. And I suppose Diarma Burns was outstanding as far as he got the first three points of the game for Limerick and I suppose draw them back into the game. But like the goal that we conceded, the first one was just like the second one was brutal altogether. But the first one, like as a defender, you must sense where the danger is. And the danger is. You know, when, when the player gets the ball in his hand, his nearest route to goal. If he turns out he's going away from the goals, that's no problem. That's grand. He can shoot away, no problem, going away from the goals. But like how how Damien Cahillan and Mark Coleman got sucked to the left-hand side of Kyle Hayes when the dangers of the inside. And I know that boys pointed out the television last night that there was nobody coming. Like Tim Manny was just looking at him. John Melrick is just looking at him. Like as a defender, and we've made this point in the podcast that defending, certainly cock defending, seems to be a situation. So look, I don't have to be touched tight in my man. If I can see three or four points, it doesn't really matter. And we discussed that in Limerick at Lent uh, in the last podcast, Anthony, where yeah. it seems to be acceptable in Cork to give it. Now, when you're playing with a, an extra man back, which they did on a number of occasions, the other defenders have got to mark their men. They've got to be tight on them. And they just fail to, to, to do that. And, it's very, rarely disappointing when you think that you have Dermot O'Sullivan, Pat Mulcahy, Noel Furlong and Don O'Grady in the background who were all defenders in their day. And you'd have to say the defence, some of the stuff that went on yesterday was just, was just shocking. But I, the big point for me coming away from the match yesterday is if I was a forward, so I played with the likes of Joe, we said Jordina Ben O'Connor, and the fellas that came before me would have been the likes of Tony Sullivan, Tomas Moll, Kevin Hennessy. And then I go back a generation before that to Christy Ring, right? And I'm just saying, if they were forwards yesterday, how would they feel? Because there's no ball coming into them whatsoever. It seems as though it must be the perfect ball to be landed right in front of them. And I think as a forward, whatever way it comes to you, you have to be able to deal with it. There's no such thing as a perfect, perfect ball 
in hurling as far as I'm concerned. But it's just the lack of supply going into the forward line is just very, very poor. And the overall emotion coming out of the game yesterday, and I'm not going to even mention the second goal, how bad it was. And like, if an under 12 did what they did, you'd be saying to them, listen, you'd be, you'd be changing something, wouldn't you? Like, it was just kamikaze stuff like. And hmm. this isn't the first time this has happened, to be honest about it. And uh, unless there's a change of style or a change of game plan or a change in management, you know, I really feel sorry for the players, to be honest about it, because they're under severe instruction. And I mentioned it uh, for the league final, Hannity, on numerous occasions in the first 20 minutes of the game, he looked like he was going to take on shots and opted to lay off the ball because it wasn't 100% guaranteed that he was going to score. And I think that there's an awful lot of theory going on in the background. And I think the players' heads are fried, if you ask me, from theory. And um, I, I just look. look or, or are we, Mark, we, can, I, can I just throw this at you, Mark? Just some, an observation, because like, you've named out names there now. You know, Kieran goes back a long way. Pam Mull, what a defender he was. Don O'Grady, what a coach of defending and a great defender he was himself. Um, I don't know too much about where Noel Furlong played in that. But, um, he was a defender, club defender, defender. yeah. Okay. And, but is it a bit of the players doing their own thing then? Because surely there's good instruction coming in. Like, But sure, the, the, to me, the instruction is, you know, get the ball. If there's nobody on... You funnel it backwards. And the amount of times that the Cork players went backwards with the ball yesterday, the groans from the crowd, it was incredible to see what was going on yesterday. The lack of commitment to going forward. Now, I understand that the Limerick players are very good and they wrap you up very well. And on a good number of occasions, particularly John Melrick got the ball, took his three or four steps, got wrapped up. Now, there was three or four Limerick players on him. Where were the three or four cockfellas that were loose? Mm. Where was the assistance coming from? Where was the man coming off the shoulder? The lack of energy amongst the, the players. I don't think, Anthony, that the current cock players are happy with the style of play. But, Anthony, if, like what we saw yesterday, was brutal now. It was brutal stuff, particularly in the first half there. There was a period of 15 minutes before halftime. It was shocking stuff altogether. And, you know, just as a former player, but now as a supporter, like the supporters, it was obvious every time that a cock player got to... He was looking up. Now, there's no movement, obviously. There must be no movement going on inside as well for the forwards. But to constantly be turning around and going backwards and going backwards, the groans from the crowd were incredible. And I just... I, I The players are carrying out the instructions that have been given, Anthony, by the management. And I think... A manager is probably standing above what the game plan is and he's delivering a message to the players. I don't think that's Kieran Kingston's game plan, in my opinion. I think it's underneath him, the layer uh, underneath him that is, is generating that game plan. And for me, I don't think it suits cock hurling whatsoever. And, um, and, and I, I feel that the team right now, their confidence is as low probably as it has ever been, I would suggest. Yeah, for a team that was kind of flying a few weeks ago, you know, after that Kilkenny victory. But Derek, I know you where you'd be watching it exactly, sure, I've been there, and it's hard to get a perspective sometimes when you're not in the ground. Um, yeah. And we yeah. were in the box, but it's obviously class now, the facility, I must say, the, the TV facility there. Um, but 
you could tell from the crowd that were frustrated, like you were absolutely. And I got accused a couple of times, Derek, in the live shows uh, last week of starting sweepers and all this sort of thing, and seven defenders and 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 plus ones and everything that they're now got. And and you'd have dabbled a bit, you'd have dabbled a bit yourself, okay? But like for me, yeah. that second goal, Tim Omani came out with the ball. No. I'd made it clear I'd love to see him up the other end of the field. I don't think he's a defend, defender's instinct um, to get back and cover, but he looked up, because I looked up as well. I said, what's on? And there was zero on. You had Declan Nash sitting loose, you had Barry Nash sitting loose, and Hoggy and <laughs> Kingston were marked tightly. The two boys were screens in front of them. All right? Um, <laughs> so he recycled back to Sean O'Donoghue, who looked up, and I looked up again, to see had someone made a dart to space or something, and there was no dart. There was no, it was the same vision. So he tried to play a sort of a now whether he mishit it or he saw a little gap to go through to maybe Mellorick or or uh young Cahillan or one of those kind of in a half hour midfield area, but obviously Kyle intercepted it and no one poor old Odon had left Aaron Galan for me, Odonohu yeah. and 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 Niall O'Leary had decent games. Both cornerbacks had decent games, I thought. But there wasn't the setup from Limerick was just in contrast. And Mark made the point there that Jermellerick a couple of times tried to come through the Limerick wall, if you like. And there was no 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 one coming off his shoulders, no one to try and pop a hand pass. And there was controversy about hand passes, I suppose, as well, all the weekend. Mm-hmm. But then contrast that then with Declan Hannon taking his point in the second half. And Nash screaming at him, bombing up outside him. And I, I would go back to Waterford as well. And, and normally, in a, I have him in my old fantasy team, Callum Lines, always pops over a pint or two. But he was bombing on yeah. the whole time. Like, Cork just... They either haven't the system. Coleman's not a proper sweeper. Like, with the way he was caught for the first goal. Jeez, like, I mean, just totally... I stepped out, you stepped in again. And let Kyle A's turn on his good side. Yeah. Right on the 13-metre line and in along, like, and sure... The rest is history, but have they, have they not the personnel or they're not the system or is there not belief in the system? Mark, I think, feels they don't believe in the system. Am I reading you right, Mark? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and I'd say the general public at this time now, and I've often made this point about players, and, and I know Derek will always make the point that players kind of need to be in a bubble and ignore what the public are saying. But when 95% of the public are saying, Jesus, lads, this is hard to watch now. This is very to go difficult. to work and go to college as well. Like, yeah. You want to meet people. But but they are doing yeah. that, you see, and they are meeting yeah. people on a day-to-day basis and people want to talk about it. And I know as a player, you want to be avoiding them at all. And you, you can't lock yourself up at the same time. Like, But it's just yeah. that, I suppose, traditionally, and I hate talking about that now as well, is that there's fastball always supplied into our forwards. Yeah. And that's not happening anymore like you know and again I, I go back to it unless it's 100% on the clearance is 100% on and you have a man but as you said they're not making the runs Anthony and I, I don't know like like in the past we were always coached as young fellas keep running keep running keep, keep making the runs one of them will come to you two of them they will get the break if you keep making the runs now I don't think I think we have a couple of fouls who are not prepared to make the runs to be honest with us yeah. What do you think, Dar? Yeah, I, th- I, I think there's a couple of things there, right? There's, there's at the basics of any dressing room, you're going to be telling teams to run harder, tackle harder, work harder. All those principles that are evident in every dressing room. The, the, the mind sweepers, the mind, the mind yeah. systems for the minute. The, the basic prerequisites of any dressing room. Bodies on the line, 
hunting in packs, working for each other all over the pitch. That focus was razor sharp for Limerick yesterday. They were back on it in terms of their razor-like sharpness. The other thing from the Limerick camp just before, because this contributes to how Cork kind of performed, if you like, not the secrecy, but the, that code amongst themselves around the whole Kyle Hayes thing, how that was managed and how that was, you know, even though the rumours were, were out there, you know, how that was managed, I thought was really, really, really good. Um, interestingly enough, Anthony, and I know you mightn't agree with me here, but the two teams with the best defensive structure in Ireland are actually Limerick and Waterford. You know, and, and what contributes to that defensive structure is the wall, if you like. The wall of the half-forward lines in each team, maybe one from the full-forward line as well. Two midfielders deep, Tyg sitting deep. You mentioned there in your, in your bit of analysis there, Anthony, you looked up Declan Hannan was free, Bar- Barry Nash was free. That's not an accident. That happens all the time in Limerick. And more often than not, Dierma Burns is free as well. You know, so, so but, but they can be free because their half-forward line are so deep. They're monsters. I mean, they operate almost like a pack of, like a six, seven and eight in rugby. Keen Lynch, Tom Morrissey, Gerard Hegarty, they're nearly always together rather than being out in their wings. They're in tight little triangles, etc. So for me, Cork over the last couple of years have been trying to do that. They've been trying to get, you know, have a deep forward line. But yesterday, if you have a situation where Mark Coleman is doing what he's doing, right? Yeah, there's grey area. Like you take Noel McGrath, I know we're coming on to it in a while yesterday. Nipped, he nipped Tyg for a few points in the first half because Tyg was doing what he does, sitting back in the D. Like Declan Hannah, he knows then when to come, Tyg, if you like. So it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. Tyg is getting on ball. He's protecting Prunty. He's protecting Conor Gleeson, etc. Declan Hannon is doing the same. But he, also he might have been just that bit off, Derek, yesterday, Tyg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And look, but they, what I'm saying is, I suppose, in terms of Mark Coleman's role and, and the analysis around Mark Coleman's role, I remember preparing for Mark Coleman in the 17 all Ireland semi-final. He was wing-back. He'd been the hurler of the year up to the semi-final, almost, if you remember. He just was on the scene. Yeah. And we put Brick on him. And we actually got gave Brick a kind of a, a lark or a Tommy Wells job. We asked him to lie in on him for the whole match. Kind of stop him hurling and bring him into the corner back area. That's how good he was in terms of attacking sense. But I agree with Mark in terms of the movement to the forward line. But sometimes I feel, Cork, they're afraid to be... The balance between instinctive and instruction. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a fine balance, you know. And I think we, we, we laud Paul Kinnerk here all the time. For and I'm telling you now, the repetition they do and, and the re- repetition of, of their skills, etc., that presents itself naturally. Then they say, Jesus, Limerick are lovely ball players, etc. So you can be sure they're doing lots of repetitions, but they're probably a good bit ahead of that. So to go back in summary, I suppose you're saying the Cork effort wasn't didn't manifest itself after the first goal. It should be better, they should be running harder. You take the speed in the Cork team, Robbie O'Flynn, Connor Cahillan, um, uh, Jack Kingston. O'Connor, Shane Kingston, they're bullets now. They are absolute bullets, right? But they need to combine the bullet-like, you know, pace with a, a phenomenal work ethic where they're dogs of war. And at the moment, they're not fitting into the dogs of war category that, you know, you'll get from, from the middle third next Saturday night in Limerick. You'll see the middle third next Saturday night and it'll be dog, eat dog, right in the middle third. And that's where that's where they're getting lost, kind of, almost, you know, in terms of the... So I agree with Mark. I also... No, I agree with Mark with the point, the, the, the one point he's making there. The other thing I'd say is, I've been in this position, you talk about sweepers, etc. You know, I keep I keep making this point, right? In 15, 14, when you want traction as a team, you want traction, you want to start somewhere, right? Like, Kieran has a choice. If, if if the public are having their say in Cork, well, then you might have a situation where young Joyce is put the centre-back. But that becomes a project then for a management. It becomes a, the time space is not there probably now to kind of say, right, this is how we're going to go about it over the next couple of years. Ben O'Connor coming in from from 
from PB, you know, from maybe not going with the rugby and coming in and a few of the 20s coming in. That becomes a project then as opposed to what they can do now over the next couple of weeks. So I don't see a huge amount of change, unfortunately, at this stage. You know, even with two weeks out, because they don't mm. they don't have the time to do it. So it'll be kind of, you know, it'll be good old-fashioned motivation now. Listen, we're getting it in the neck. We're getting it hard everywhere we go. Is there something in us? And you'd, you'd expect it to present itself against against Clare, unfortunately, Anthony. You know, on, on, yeah. you know, on, on, on would you not player. Would you not think, would you not think there are just a couple of basic, like, I think a man to the half forward line is not a major move for them. Yeah. I think he offers something different. I think maybe the likes of a Sean O'Leary Hayes hand him three and just say, look, you're young. We maybe didn't put enough faith in you early in the year. Maybe, and Mellorick maybe to six. I, I, and, and put just Pop Coleman out to the wing and say, we forget about our, our, our seven defender. If we do that, we do it another way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Tommy O'Connell, I have to say, from, from Middleton last year at centre-back, club mm-hmm. level. Maybe that was exposed a bit against Kamalok, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I put them into the project category as regards next year, whatever's going to happen. Yeah, there. you know, maybe you know, that that'd be. You now I know Mark probably thinks differently in terms of it should be radical changes. Now you know you go back to the was it ninety nine where you had all the debutants for for Cork against Water from the first round was it Mickey O'Connell and all the boys were, were thrown in yeah. with Jimmy Batten and you had this freedom with that kind of of thrown in. If that's going to happen for me in fifteen, we did that in Waterford. With Toy, with Shane Bennett, with, with, with Stephen Bennett, with Austin all going into the team, and, and it's the start of the year project. I don't know, is, is it too radical? For me, I Derek, keep saying, Derek, yeah. Derek, well, I was going to say to you there, right? I've been in the position myself, right? And I know it's tricky, it's difficult for the car dressing room today to go and fix it. In, in one sense, they lost the first round of the championship, right? They, they can still recover this even in one certain qualifier, right? But surely there's the point is, the same again just won't do. You, they, they can't, I, I understand about there's only two weeks, right? But they just yeah. cannot appear. Now, maybe it's more system than individuals. Because yeah. if you go through the cock team, right, there are some really, really good, you said they're individuals, like Sean O'Donoghue, Mark Coleman, Darius Gibbon, Robbie O'Flynn, Shane Kingston, Hoggy and his prime. They all make a lot of teams, right? So they have to make some sort of tweak. Do they go back to the old cock way? And, and no, say, no, well, I tell you, I tell you like, like, yeah, but like, like, do they put Patrick Horgan to 11 and put Shane Kingston and Jack O'Connor inside as a two-man for four? And if you're going to have pace, you know, do you put Harley at 12 and, and, and have Robbie O'Flynn? Do you bring him to midfield? You know, for me, they have to they have to populate the middle third a little bit more than they're doing because that will allow then Coleman to do his job or Tim O'Mahony to do his job from wing back. You know, and they're not they're not filling the middle third enough. You know, for me, that's that's they're not meeting yeah. with bodies. If you go to the Limerick, Limerick will have, they'll always have more numbers in the middle third than every other team. And they're able to keep that ball a bit. Derek, the other point I was going to make to Derek is right is like Limerick yesterday. I, I agree with what you said about when they were on points, their touch, handling, everything, everything they become very good over the last number of years. But you would say from a, a strategic point of view, outside of maybe their half forward line sitting a little bit deeper, their formation and setup was still the same. So there was yeah. no major surprise there for the Cork yeah. analysis team over the last four. Like they've known these fixtures coming for quite a while now, right? And it was like as if they weren't ready for it. I, I, it was just, it was, it was strange. It was they were caught in the headlights again in the league game in, in the Gaelic grounds. I know I know Limerick didn't have their full team out and maybe weren't on point, but there was definitely more upfront and up fight about Cork in the league yeah. game. Whereas, whereas yesterday, and even over to my right, like there was a, there was a terrace of Cork supporters just mad eager to get behind the team. And even the sting went out of them after twenty minutes. Mark, seeing what was going on, so it, it there, there is a kind of. Um, there's a connection, there's a system. They're good players. Like, there's something breaking up. 
Yeah, yeah well, I, I look just I, Marco yeah. before, and I just want to ask you this because I wrote about it this morning a little bit. I just you know, thinking about it there, watching it, that and Derek saying there now maybe more bodies need to be committed to the middle and that kind of thing. And I'd agree, and that possibly might work against Claire and Tip. But will they just have they the type of men that can go to go into that middle zone with Limerick and possibly yeah. now Waterford? And, and, and yeah. match up like I, I'm not certain that, it, that it's just systematic yeah. now. The same guys are failing on the same guys. Sure, uh-huh. you, hit, you, hit, you hit the nail in the head there now, right? If you're going to a gunfight, like you don't bring a plastic gun with you, like, and if you're asking fellas to win against the likes, huh? <laughs> if you win against the likes of, of Willow Donahue and fellas like that, like, you have got to be willing to go down, like. And I don't think there's a whole pile of those lads are willing to take a belt and give a belt. And I, I was I was watching uh I don't know very closely, I had very good seat just a couple of soft ones yesterday, and JP was over to my right and uh he was with John McKenna and he was smiling from ear to ear. I, I, I've no doubt that the, the money that has been poured into Limerick over the last number of years is bearing fruit. So um well like the puck always been taken by the Cork goalkeeper and Willard Donahue bumped Dara Fitzgibbon four times within 10 yards. And I just said, Dara, at what point are you going to say to yourself, I'm not taking this anymore? And Dela, we, we kind of, uh, that happened to us like in 99 against she in 98, because he did the same thing to us in 98. And until in 99, there was something clicked with us where we just said, right, we're not taking a backward step anymore. We are going to bring the fight to you because you are the most aggressive and physical team in the country at that moment of time. Limerick are the most aggressive right now and, and fair play to them. And I take my hats off to them. They're getting a massive return from their investment. And Waterford are going to match that as well. They are the coming team and they have quality, quality players. And I think yeah. some of our quality players, and, and I thought about two months ago that the likes of Mark, uh, Dara Fitz, Shane Kingston, that young breed that have been there since 14 and 15, that they were going to become the new leaders. And I think they've been just kind of brought back into their shell again. And Derek, you made a great point a number of weeks back about Dara Fitzgibbon having lost his form as a young fella, and then he came again. Jack O'Connor has lost that form, and we're trying to, you know, he's going through that slump at the moment. But for me, we need an out ball at the edge of the square. And to me, that's Hannity. He seems to have... You know, he came on yesterday at halftime, had a massive influence in Cork getting back into the game. Um, but, uh, I think he was sick going into the game. That's why he didn't start. But in the new management that is there, that maybe he's gone past his sell by date. But this man was six, six, six months ago. He got four points in play against Limerick in the All-Ireland final on a, on a, on a beaten dock very early. So I, I just feel the panel isn't being utilised. Certainly he's not being utilised to his full amount for me. And I think if we're, if we're going to try and change it up or possibly get something else new there, I think handling in the edge of the square would be, would be something that sh- should be considered. Can I, can I just make one point, as even psychologically, right? If you, you take, are we, are we honestly suggesting like that before the game yesterday, Cork were not saying to themselves as a group of young men like that, everything's on the line here. We're going to put, every, you know, if you just stop for a second and say to yourself, because I think they were, like, I think they would have been, you know, in fairness to them, like, and I know they had a horrendous day at the office and now, you know, we're pillaring them for, for maybe, but I don't think, I think there's good stuff in, 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 in you know, I, I take, 
I take, I'm going to give one personal example. In 15, we played Kilkenny in the semi-final. I remember Austin did a, Austin did an interview afterwards talking about Michael Finley and, oh, geez, it was like hitting a brick wall and all that. It took, it was two years later before Austin was able to, you know, man up to Finley if in the middle of the field. The same point you're making, Mark, I suppose. So the Dara Fitzgibbons, the Mark Holmes, the Shane Kingstons, you know, they're the, they're the leaders of the Cork team now and we're back into their shell. But I'd be hopeful that they'll come out of their shell for Cork. I, I think there's goodness oh. in him. I think there's goodness in him. Oh. I think there's good stuff in them young fellas. Like, you know, yes. and, and that is the hope for me that psychologically, you take Gary Keegan's work. There's a lot of stuff talked now about processes. Every manager comes on, we stuck to our processes. You know, the balance between process and passion and emotion. You know, tell me there's still room for emotion and passion in addition, or else I tell you I'll never be back in one. You know, because yes. it, 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 surely if you, if, you, if you channel that passion and emotion right, you, you, can, get, you can get a kick out of a team. And I think that's Cork's biggest biggest battle now to get the kick out of the team motivation. Yeah, and like you you throw in the likes of the Sean O'Donoghue's and yeah. Kieran Joyce. I thought it quitted mm-hmm. himself quite well as well yesterday. But like it just you're right, Derek. Like, but like after ten or fifteen minutes, that seemed to be seeping away. And like we yeah. scored a goal in two points after three minutes. And I looked up at the clock at twenty three minutes. We'd only moved on two points. Like. Playing with a gale force breeze, it's just, and like the players can sense it, they can sense it on the field that this isn't working. Like this isn't working. So something has to change. Like we all spoke about after the league final, what were Cork going to change? They ended up with the same centre back, the same two midfielders. Now O'Leary's stock rose. The fact that he didn't play in the league final, and Rob Downey, who played every league match up to the first round, was dropped. So to me, like we, to me, some of those things are very, very, very basic. And I've often made this point: most of the players know what the best, who the best players are. And I think if they see sometimes injustices, maybe in some respects, um, and for it's not starting, I, I, I think that seeps through the team as well for me. Yeah, I. I, I think I look at Derek. I I wouldn't go back to that dressing room either if I thought that was yeah. that was that was missing and or, uh, there was no chance to recover. I I just think sometimes though, you know, um, when you're struggling to get that break at the top level, like in you know, having won a monster in good few years, and I know they've won a bit underage, but they failed to win that All Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. The younger younger brigade did now, you know, but the, that yeah. who we're saying are the leaders now. We'll be talking about it there for the two weeks and banging the drum and everything, and all of a sudden, then you get a shot in the jaw like, like the boxer, yeah. you know. Um, and 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 you and, and then you're looking at, you're looking at Gerard Hagerty. Like I just take for example, who was like chalk and cheese from the league yesterday. How yeah, good was sure. the touch? Listen, man, How good but, was the but fetch? But uh, but, but, they, but I'm t- I'm not talking Mark about yeah. even what was against him now. He didn't meet much opposition for the high balls that he caught, but he didn't drop them. Like, you know, in the league, no. he might. And even Tom Morrissey, who's, let's say, going through a phase, like you mentioned, like Tom is, is struggling for form, but never stopped kind of contributing. Shot the fourth time after three bad shots and got his point. Popped up in and laid on a ball for Hago on a plate to get a point. And you'd say now, Tom now will be, you know, that bit, Bide up again for Saturday night, and you know it's just I, I just think there's more overall belief in them. Yeah, I think I think as well, Dale. I think the tackle, like if you look at Limerick's ability to tackle, ability to break a tackle, which Water would have as well now, right? And even 
their ability to hold a player up as best they can without fouling them. It just doesn't seem to be in Cork's DNA or in their game at the moment, and it's definitely causing them a problem. I'm going to even pick a, a play near the end of the game. Now, you can say the game was gone at this stage, so it was hard on the Cork players, but it was a point that Pat Ryan scored. Uh, the ball was, was around the 60 minute, uh, fed back to Dermot Burns, who was under a bit of pressure. He looked up and there was a load of open space over to his far left in the number 15 position. He fired it in there. Pat Ryan busts a gut to get to the ball first, right? There's two Cork defenders chasing him, right? One on either side of him. He gets the ball close to the sideline. He falls with the ball, right? Then drops two defenders and throws the ball over there over his shoulder. You'd have to say at some point, right, to go back to what Derek's like piece about passion and emotion and like maybe the words of Paddy O'Shea about getting thrown over the line like a loaf of bread will have to come into play and say, lads, this fella's got to go over the line. Like, so it just, it doesn't seem to be in the game, Mac. It's like as if you're trying to play the perfect game with, let's say, soccer passes over Mac across the field. It's just not in Cork's way. It's not working. And as I said, look, the, 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 the positive for Cork is it's the first round. I think they have to they have to switch everything up now. They have to go and look at it. They have two weeks uh, or a couple of weeks, and they have to they have to have a real look at it because like Claire will be coming down the track, like hunting them. No, they'll be they'll be they'll be looking for that. The, the positives for Limerick, and I suppose rather than kind of keep hammering and Cork, would be that that middle third was brilliant. The, their ball to hand, their passing, uh, their slickness. And just their ability to break the tackle. And then the couple of scores they got to see Haygood taking a beautiful touch in the middle of the field and stroking the ball over the bar. That was great from Limit's point of view. Obviously, Keane Lynch's score. And then the move to Kyle Hayes, or Kyle Hayes to full forward. Like we, we had spoken about it. I suppose Mike Casey's form, obviously in training, uh, and what he did in the game that he had, as you said, probably maybe had some bit of an influence on that. Um, but again, I don't know that throw Cork as well did it kind of. Did it, did it push some buttons that they're kind of saying, oh, Jesus, Kyle Hayes is here? It shouldn't have had. But like, other than that, Limerick were the same as they were in the championship before. Shouldn't have been any major surprises. But from a Limerick viewpoint, up and running, we wanted to see that edge. It was there. Really, really happy with that middle third all around the field. They're passing. And look, it's a first round win. You wouldn't be getting excited about it. It's on to six days later. Let's get on and let's qualify in once. Or that's it from Limerick's point of view. Yeah, you, you wouldn't really know for certain, TJ, that, that that hunger is back. I know near the end of Lucknan's time with us, like, that it was, it was hit and miss. Like, we, we, we'd we be savage in a replay. We'd be flat enough the first day, especially 98, 99. Um, and you wouldn't rightly know at Limerick. You'd know more next Saturday night, I'd say, about the overall will, real hunger in the stomach. Yeah. The only point I would make, Dillo, is, is that there their, um, what would you call that, appetite for work. And if you take maybe one player that maybe really epitomises the, the Limerick followers would be Graham O'Cahey. So on the face, that you might say this, let's say it might not have been like a, a brilliant scoring game for him, but he's hounding and chasing every single time he got an opportunity, making the lung-bursting runs to get a hurley in, to stop that player getting an easy ball away. Just tell up for me, it was like up there, it was definitely in evidence at times. I, I will agree with you. Cork contributed a lot now to some, some of the scores. But look, we scored 225 with 16 wides. As I said, we got seven points from play from our defenders. So an awful lot of boxes ticked. And as I said, mm. like you call him Will the Enforcer. And Darrow Donovan on the middle of the field. The two of them yeah. had savage games. And they just laid down the law yeah. early. And, and, and it was and, brilliant. And, and TJ, and, late, late. Sorry, Derek. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
I, I just say late in the game, Mark Coleman made a run up along the south stand side. And Will O'Donoghue was about maybe three or four yards behind him. And it was a ball that was flicked away. It hardly didn't know where it was. But the point I'm going to make to you is that Will O'Donoghue was gaining on Mark Coleman every yard that was that was going. And like Mark would be seen as a bullet, as Derek alluded to earlier on. He'd be seen as a bullet in our team. But it'll tell you now what Limerick have in terms of their pace and their power. And then you match that with their hurling ability. Like, TJ, you'd have to say you're back now. The 10 to 11 is probably gone, I would say. The Shrewdies have been in. And I'd say you're probably being restored at the 8 to 13 that you are after the All-Ireland final. I'd have to say you look odds on now at this moment in time <laughs> for Liam McCarthy. Wait, wait till after next weekend, Mark. Wait till after next weekend. De- Derek, t- thanks for ringing me this morning, Derek. And uh, and I, my job is done now. I can go. <laughs> <laughs> I delab- like, do you know what I will say about that, TJ? You know, for me, and I think Derek touched on it right at the get-go, like Graham McKay hadn't a great game yesterday, like right? just straight up, but the chasing and the harrying, like that's a non-negotiable for me. Like that Cork players didn't do that is totally unacceptable. Like mm. and Mark's point there about Dara Donovan chasing, like for me, that's that's a, that's an un- unwritten law. You have to do that stuff. Harold running, chasing yeah. Graham Mull, hunting down three yeah. against one situations. If you don't do it, you don't play. You, you know, no chance. You know, you know, that's that's to be honest with you. Like as I keep saying, we're talking about systems, etc. But if you don't do that, you don't do it for Cody. You don't do it for Cal. You don't do it for Kylie. You know, you, you, you don't do that. You don't play. Like and that has to be the, the basic of your team. You know, and just on Willow, I don't know if you watched the first clip of the All Ireland final semi final last year, hunting down Shane Bennett, who's another bullet. Willow, I don't know who's a lot quicker than he looks. And the other thing I suppose for me yesterday, the standout was no Shamey Flanagan. And where is Peter Casey in terms of his recovery? I was thinking, are these fellas going to get better by the time it comes to, you know, we're finished school on the 3rd of June. I think the Munster final is on the 5th of June. Um, and, you know, where where will Peter Casey be by then? Where will Jamie Flanagan be by then? Albeit they have to get the few points to qualify first. Well, Jamie, I, I suppose that's the big thing. I And I, me questioning the hunger and that still, I'm not questioning it. You know, I said mm-hmm. other tests, but the massive thing is, of course, you have two points and the head-to-head up on Cork. And it's mm-hmm. about getting in that tree. I think mm-hmm. I think TJ, if I'm right, Peter Casey's time frame is kind of the end of May that they're hoping, but that yeah. that's ticking all the boxes. But Jamie's not Jamie'd be back. I think he won't be ready for Watford, but he he'd be definitely back for for Clare. I think would he? I think he'd be targeting the, the, the two maybe the two games. I said the tip and the Clare game. Yeah, I, 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 Clare, that's yeah. what I'm led to believe. And Peter Casey, obviously, it, it, it happened in 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 the All Ireland last year. So time frame wise, yeah, we'll be in the main, yeah. and 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 that'll be good. Like to have all, have all them back, and as you said there, like Richie English is hard done by to be losing out because he's been playing well. But that's probably down to the form of the other guys. Like if you look at mm. like Barry Nash is off the charts at the moment. Like Mike Casey has settled back in as like he was never away. So does it does it does a rich uh, what was it called supply of players in in, in defence at the moment. But even in eighteen and, and twenty, TJ in eighteen and twenty, I I felt Declan Hannum was doing a great job for the team. Jeez, he's really expressing himself the last two years now. He's just, he's like, he's go. I'm going up the field. He's backing him. He's hurling more. He's backing his legs more. Probably the system helps, but he's really kind of, I don't know, we've mentioned it before, the Tom Brady effect. Like, well, Hannon is, is he's yeah. dictating. Again. He's now with Nash powering up beside him then most of the time. 
Yeah. Again, I would say there are probably two clips I'd say that the, the Limerick boys would have worked on is that there was room or a scope for Declan to get forward a bit more the way Cork played in, in, in that middle sector. He came up three or four times untouched, I would say, Mark. And even Ben Ash came up and said, again, we were even forecasting that type of stuff here. So I would imagine that that would have crossed the minds of, of the analysis guys in the Cork team. But again, it was like as if it just... Some of the stuff surprised them and just wasn't a good day at the office for them. But look, good day for and Green. And, and yeah. I said, I'm hoping that today will be a good day for Green and Gold in Fairy House. How's that, Dero? And TJ, go back, go back to even Nash, though. I remember playing the league semi final against C in 16. He was he was left half four, got four points to play. You know, <laughs> you know, Hannon was corner forward in 13, you know, had a nightmare on free center back now. Kyle Hayes, was, I think Anthony, when you had him, I think he was at six, wing was he? Forward. In, yeah, wing, wing forward. forward. We put him Full back for a fresher forward. team. Yeah. You know, like like Keen Lynch. Now they have the the beauty. Now is what match are they going to put Keen Lynch inside and Kyle Hayes at eleven? Now they can put Keen Lynch inside and leave him roll. There's loads of things that they can do yet. If they what frightens me, up. what frightens me is the possibility of Hagerty in beside Gillan. In some yeah. ways, if Tom Morrissey rediscovers the spark, and he will, no yeah. doubt about that, he's that good. But look, look, lads, we look, obviously that's a massive one to look forward to next week, and obviously Derek. You got a great result. I think I think if Liam was waking up this morning while a lot of people, I'd say, around the country and watching the game in the box, and TJ, I'm surprised you didn't come up to the box to us, like, but of course you were buttering up the referees for your next project. I was, um, I was in good company, you know. Yeah, the glass of wine, <laughs> yourself, and, yourself and Johnny Ryan with the glass of wine and you, you explaining the rules to you <laughs> and, and telling you that one of us, me or Mark, doesn't know the rules. I don't want to know who know, but I, I, my guess is like... But, but, well... We did do both matches now. It's a long day when you're doing both matches, but very enjoyable, obviously, to be back, you know, in, in live venue like like was happening yesterday. And you could tell as well, Walsh Park, even though it wasn't full, but that's that's down to safety, I think. That that's as many as they can let in, but still a great like and I'm I'm so looking forward to the matches in Ennis as well later on the year and maybe getting to one of those as a supporter. But um it's a good window because Tip, I kind of flagged it up before and I didn't think Tip were going to lie down here and, you know, you see Tommy Dunn getting sent off, you know Tip are wired up, like Tommy's normally fairly calm. Um, so they came with all guns blazing and, you know, maybe crucial bit before half time, we all would have felt like Jason Ford had a free to maybe put him seven ahead, tailed on him and, and Waterford then hit two more points to bring it back to four and then obviously the first I mean Austin and Jamie then bringing on the two of them sure is just phenomenal but then Derek two five to two points in that period just champagne hurling tip hung in there superbly but uh, and had us you know they had a couple you had wides then bad wides and then they had a couple of wides at the end which could have maybe seen them getting out of there with a point or that and um, but good bit to ponder like for him Individually and yes, yeah. a vital, vital win. Like, yeah, ideal scenario. I, I was over, we were over the team in eighteen. No match in Welsh Park. No win in the Munster Championship. No win in the Munster Championship in nineteen. And look, Cal hasn't lost a match, match in Welsh Park since he took over, like, which is you know a fair record. League that was his first championship match there yesterday. So yeah, look that power play. If you like the last eight minutes of the first half, first fifteen of the second half. Even we, I was just remarking to, to, to Liam Sheedy in Dublin. I was saying, Jesus. We'll win by eight to ten here. We'll win, you know. We'll win pulling up. Tip, tip. In fairness, they dug in, and I think it's an ideal scenario for Liam in that, you know, you've mentioned it already. You know, went four points to nil up. 
had a bit of difficulty with the movement of the Tipperary forward line. Individually had a bit of different difficulty with, with the actual Tipperary full forward line as well. Obviously, Noel was giving Tyke a bit of trouble, you know, coming deep, floating around all the place. Seemed to fix that a bit better in the second half. The influx of, of the two boys, obviously, Jamie and, and Austin. It proves to me as well, you know, we need those boys. We need we need those boys on the field and, and 35 minutes into them um, will be huge. But a four-point win, as I said last night, you, you, you take it yesterday morning, given the weather that was in Waterford yesterday. And look, the argument is there also about the pitch and, and how suitable it is to Waterford in terms of how they play and getting down, up, attacking as one and defending as one. So very, very happy overall, you'd have to say, because it's just all about getting two points on the board. And that's that's a very simple analysis of it, but that's the reality of it. Obviously, boys, you couldn't see the game live, the two of you, could you? I did, Dilo. I, 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 I just watched it on my phone as much as I could. Okay. Uh, uh, in, in, in the beautiful park of Kiev with the big screens that weren't working but we made the best we could of it um, I, I, I think the point you made did you see the Sunday game Mark did you see the Sunday game this week I, I have a word with Sinead O'Keefe for you uh, TJ Do but I think Mark. we're saving all the power for Ed Sheehan because we're going to get a few quid out of that and you know it could be a short season for us like you know the gate receipts might be down overall but uh, yeah I saw I saw a bit of the Sunday game and, and I think um if I'm not uh, wrong, <laughs> there was a clearance from a Tipperary back that hit Stephen Bennett's helmet back to him, and the first came. So, yeah, um, I that you were going to win yesterday. I was just surprised that the margin wasn't a little bit more, but I think after winning the league final a couple of weeks ago, look, the lads will have. You know, I don't know whether they did a bit of socialising for a day or two because it probably would be well deserved. And I know that they, look, Cahill would have him back down on ground level straight away because championship. Only two weeks, thing. not six and, weeks now. Yeah, get get getting a home game, the first the first game out of the traps, a home game in Welsh Park, and I've made this point. That's a fortress. I'm giving you four points before you start. So yeah. we have Cork will have to beat Tipperary and Clare if they're going to try and sneak a third place position, but. This is the beauty of the Munster Holland lads. I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns before this championship is played out. And um, let's hope that all the games will go down to the la- go down to the wire. But you'd have to say that Waterford did what they did yesterday. And the use of the boys off the bench. And I know, yeah, we would have discussed previously that Ozzy had to start. I think I was the only person amongst the three amigos here that said Ozzy wouldn't start. The Cahill would remain uh, steadfast to, I have Ozzy where I want him now. And um, yes, there's no doubt to win in All-Ireland, he'll have a massive part to play in that. But he has to put the team first, in my opinion. And, you know, he's going to be targeted now. And I've no doubt the Cahill is always, listen, everybody's already after saying it to him. As you're going to be targeted. You're going to get the needle, needles and pokes and stuff like that. You just have to accept it and just keep it. Because, you know, the bigger picture here is is winning the silverware. Whereas the Munster Cup, I, I think they're serious contenders for the All-Ireland. But they'll need Ozzy on the field to play the same as Jamie Barron. And I think look, they're, they're two different cases altogether. Barron is an injury. Ozzy is more on the discipline side of things. No, I think, I think Ozzy has moved on. Like I said, he's influenced the start of the second half. He, he was yeah, hugely. What I, what I will say about both squads yesterday is, like, if you look at the, the 10 subs that came on, like Waterford, Austin Gleeson, Jamie Barron, Shane Bennett, Ira Daly and Peter Hogan. 
that's very yeah. strong in terms of strength and depth. And I said, when they were in trouble, let's say at half time, to bring those fellas on. And subsequently, when Tip were in a bit of bother, right? In fairness to them, the subs they brought on, they brought on Robert Byrne, Banner Marr, Dan McCormack, who was very influential, Connor Stakeland got a good point, Jar Brown, John McGrath. So that, that allowed them, with, with that expertise and, and a bit of power off the bench, to get back into the game. And really probably should have got level. Now, you could say in the finish again that Waterford were going away. You know, I think if the game went on any longer, Waterford were getting stronger. The perfect first-round win. You win your home game. Get back to training. They won't be doing much this week when you're talking about the game. They'll be gearing up for Limerick. You know, re- re- real good game ahead. But from Waterford, loads of options. We'll be very happy. To touch on tip, I think there's a lot of positives there. Um, their structural defence early doors was very good. Albeit now, Derek, the Watford, some, some of the, the scores they gave away were unforced errors. The stuff that they probably wouldn't be overly happy with themselves, they'll pick up on them. But Tip have that bit of power. And you know, what you pointed out last night, if Jason Ford had to put that one away, which you would normally expect him to do, it would have Watford under an extra little bit of pressure at that stage. So Tip created plenty, scored plenty. So positives for them too. Hmm. I just want to touch on the Austin thing again, Derek. <laughs> Look at it. Who am I to question Liam Cahill? I've admired him. He beat me as an underage coach two or three times, if if not more, with Tip. I just thought there was a tiny touch of cockiness about the Austin thing. Like, I thought he'd made his point by not appealing the red card. Point is made here, Austin. We're not appealing. We'll get on. We won the league without you. I just thought it was a, it was a fair leg up for Tip not starting Austin. I think he's that good at the moment. I, I take your point, Mark. But I, I don't, I'm not certain that Waterford could say yeah. they'd have enough to be beating a Limerick without Austin Gleeson starting the match. You're I mean, if that was a seven or eight point lead at half time, it may have been like the last six, seven minutes, fair enough. They did take mm-hmm. over, but yeah. I, I, I felt it was a bit of a gamble that looked like it was backfiring a bit. Yeah, look, it's always a gamble, I suppose, if it does backfire. Yeah, look, I, I, I think as much as anything else, Analysis might have been on how well they played in the league final in his absence, you know, as much as as much as you know, as anything else, you know, as much as if like tough love and I have him where I want him, it might be like, you know, on now, let's look at how we play in the league final. Mikey Kiley, you know, we would have been at, we would have been speculating as to who will lose out for us. And that was the, the, the two week lead up for us was geez, will, will Mikey Kiley lose out? Will you know who will lose out? Will they put Jack Perry in the field? Will someone let lose out in the middle of the field? That was our speculative talk, I suppose. So look. I know him well, obviously, you know, motivationally, you know, he's he's a great chap, first and foremost, Austin. You know, I know, right, he's had misdemeanors, etc. And, you know, you might put him down as misunderstood, etc. And maybe not being a... I, I would know him as being an absolute team player. Like, I, I would actually know him as being an absolute team player, generally. You know, particularly the last couple of years where he's carried, even as Toby or Mount Sinai, he's carried him on his back through championship games. You know, which perhaps the, the accusation would have been over the years when he came on the scene first, 14, 15, 16, that, you know... The, the club scene that he he wouldn't you know he, he felt the burden of having Harry Mountside. Now he's really stepped up to that plate. So the gamble, I suppose, yeah. Look, I think he'll play a Saturday night. I think 35 minutes will benefit him. And, and even if you look at his performance in the semi-final to Wexford, albeit take out the incident, up to that, we'll say, right? He, he's very he's actually very quite calm now on, on the pitch. You know, even if you look at his goal scoring, there's no mass, massive celebrations after he scored the goals. He's in a he's in a good spot. Like Austin looks like he's in a good spot. He looks like a fella that's ready to tear up the championship. So I think he's going to get attention. You know, as I would have said to him for years, look, you're going to be tagged today. You're going to be 
tagged by, oh, she's no blind player, you're going to be tagged by, you know, and these fellas be nuisances up in his face all day long, and you have to find a way, you have to find a way. So he's grown and matured in that respect, I think, in terms of dealing with that. And look, all the debate over the years when I was involved, where's his best position, where's his best position? The reality is, his best position is, is, is wherever the ball is and whatever he can do. Like Keane Lynch, he goes wherever it be. He might be named anomaly as 11 or 12 or 10, 14, 8, 9. He'll go where he wants to go and he'll flow, if you like. And he looks very, very fit as well and focused. So looking forward to seeing what he does Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a massive one. And I, I, it's not a massive one, maybe, I think, in who'll come out of Munster, but and they may well see each other again in the Munster final, like, but um, I think it's just a fascinating game to watch and um, might try and get into it, actually. Um, I think, I think it, it's a huge one. Um I kind of fundamentally maybe disagreed with you there on our analysis of the Mike Kiley incident. Me mm-hmm. and live time, you yeah, knew that. Yeah, Forty nine replays. No, mm. Brian Gavin in his column today backed you up. He said he thought he made contact with the ball. I, I just thought it was a little bit loose. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Shami Kennedy moved across highest hurley wins possession, mm-hmm. and I thought. Pull maybe I th- I thought it was a little bit of a throwback to other days where you followed through with the pull. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that the ref was right there, the umpires are right there. But I th- I thought in real time it looked like one that you could pull back on. Now do you know um, that you weren't going to make contact. Now Brian suggested this morning in his piece I read it good and early that he did make contact with the ball and it wasn't a sixty-five. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on it. Okay, yeah, sure, I can repeat what I said in terms of, first of all, I think there was absolutely zero intent to, to pull on someone's head, which is, you know, the, yeah, the malicious agreed, intent. You know, you know, so, and I, I just watching it yesterday, just, I, I feel he has his eyes completely on the ball. I'm not sure about the connection with the ball, if I'm completely honest, as Brian Gavin has suggested, right? For me, he's just kind of a bit blindsided by, by Seamus Kennedy, and he has the pull taken. But for me, there's, there's a couple of things when you pull in the air. Do you pull low, do you pull early, or do you pull late? And, and there's none at all involved. It's it's an attempt when the ball is in the area. It's not a, you know, if you pull low on someone's hands when they're blocking the ball, or if you pull area or you pull high over over on someone's head, they're the real reasons why you're trying to decapitate someone or you're trying to end someone. you like, you know, for me, he does he does none of those. So there's a genuineness in his attempt. Then you see Seamus Kennedy split open and you're saying, Jesus, you know, and I remember, I think the incident involving Joseph Cooney and Dio Keefe was in the Wexford game where, on, on, on Saturday. I can't remember. There was a clash of heads. I said, Jesus, this is real genuine on Joseph Cooney's behalf. I hope he's not going to be sent off here. It was just a, gen- you know, so I, I thought there was a kind of a genuineness in it. Albeit, as you said, when you see blood, you're saying, how can you associate genuineness with, with, with opening someone, if you like so? But for me, there was no intent. And that's not a wearing a Warford hat. That, that's been genuine. Um, two, two things for me there, though, right? Number one, good story about a great hardy club in Limerick Palace Green. Uh, the great Jarrod Connell there was involved in the kit man with the lyrics. They're they're normal Palestinians. Uh, oh, Palestinians. All all statement about um uh, the older boys. I'm not telling you to pull low, and I'm not telling you to pull high, but pull anyway. <laughs> 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 not going to pull this boys. They're good customers of Marty Browns here. <laughs> Absolutely, that's all I'm down there. The um same point I'm going to make here is I, I'm agreeing with Derek. I I don't think there's any intent there. What I am going to say is, and I made this point to you guys, and you thought I was talking shite there a couple of programs ago when Owen Cadigan was on, right? Mm. If that pull was done by Aaron Gillan, Garone Hegarty, or Austin Gleeson, right? Yeah. Different conversation. That's the point I made, 
and you told me I was talking through my head. We did. I did. So, I did. I'll say no more. Yeah. Marco, <laughs> did you see the pull? I did. I did, yeah. I, 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 I think we're all I agreed no intent. We're all agreed no, no absolutely intent. Absolutely not. And, yeah. I, and I actually do think he connected on the ball, to be honest with it. I agree with Gavin. No. Um, like, he moved in under the flight of the ball. Yeah, absolutely no intent whatsoever. I was delighted to see him pulling on the ball, to be honest about it. Do you know? But TJ might have a point that um, there might have been more of a meal made out of it, maybe. Or maybe his defenders or his goalkeeper would have ran to, the, you, to the referee and all of a sudden then your umpires are involved. And, oh, he's struck in the head. He's cut. He must have been struck because that's a bit of the stuff that's going on. And in fairness to the referee, he can't see everything. So... I, I think the video analysis that I spoke about last year has got to be on the radar for the referees to help them, that the video ref needs to be there, and he reviews it, all done within a 20 to 40 second uh, blanket, and the right decision is always going to be, go, going to go, the right outcome if, is what you want. And in fairness, my buddy Johnny Murphy had a very good game, and you give not about him all year, in fairness, he did very well, and first round championship, no talk about the referee, so, well done, Johnny. There was a bit, I, I see Shane McGrath saying that he was trending on Twitter and he doesn't like to see any referee twin. And he said both teams now. So, I'll, look, I thought John Keenan, very, we didn't mention a thing about John Keenan, really. And, and uh, look, I don't, I'm not trying to knock my Kylie here. I just do agree with you maybe that if there was somebody else and does see the blood and mistimed anyway, I would have thought. Now, maybe if he connected with the ball, I couldn't see that mark from the replay. I couldn't see how... Yeah, I, I thought he did, Anthony, actually, to be honest with us, yeah. Okay, but, like, okay. Sean, Sean, I don't know who got split yesterday, and Aaron Galen was going for a point, and it was the tail of the holly caught him was, on the flat of the, the, the head, like, and there wasn't there was a geek, no, there was no... No. There was no there giving over complaining, TJ, and it was Galen did that, like, so... Ah, but Jesus, sure, that was straight up along his hurley, and he yeah, yeah. kind of went we've to block wrong for all the world. We wouldn't be isolating the Limerick players at all. TJ has been on the border of, you know, getting red cards for a letter down the track. Like, we wouldn't do that. I'm just saying, if you go to the Limerick players, I just think that it, those high-profile players, like the Astons, unfortunately, yeah. they get this sometimes over-the-top attention. Very handy for that, to throw in Aston there, Nolly. If that if, ah. if that pull was made by Austin Gleason yesterday, he'd be making a big, big song and dance about it. That's all I'm saying. Just get on with it. We don't need. We wouldn't done this show now. We're normally fairly. Let's let's, let's go know. to Leinster, Dale. Let's go to Leinster. I'm, I, no, I, just I, a quickie there. The was there any? Is there any talk on the ground? I know it's very early there. Why Tommy Dunn got sent off? No idea. The only thing I can guess or speculate, and just re- reading Colin Bonner's remarks this, this morning, that he actually said he was a massive loss from the sideline in the second half. He said he was. He obviously was really intentful on the line, so I'm guessing that it might have been the lack of action around Mikey Cooley's decision. That's that's and that's a complete guess now, you know, because other than that, I'm not sure was there was there any other controversial, you know, call in the first mm. half that you'd come back out in the second and you'd be angry over, you know. That, that's two, I think it was two, I think it was two yellows there, if I'm right. So maybe it was something on the way in in that oh. famous tunnel in Walsh Park. Said okay. maybe again coming out, he's assessed yeah. Jamie inside the dressing room. Maybe he needs four stitches. He gets the. And again, a, a pure speculation on my behalf. Now you're only kind of just reading. Yeah, I don't know either. Possibly guessing, you know. Yeah. Come here, you had you had a chat as well about the hand passing and that kind of thing, and you bought you disagree agreed to disagree yourself and Liam on definitely. Oh, yeah. and... Don't get me going. I'm I'm, I'm cons- consistently 
in the, in the five percent bracket, I think that most of the hand passes are actually genuine hand passes, but they're actually fast hand passes. They barely come off the skin of the hand, and they're they're one action, but they they're actually two actions. But they do they're so skilled these fellas, they do one action. And and yeah. I think Keen Lynch is one yesterday. I think Caleb Lines is one yesterday. I think Patrick Horns one actually hand passes. You know, and and but they're you know we're down the field every week. You know, with the school teams etc. These boys are offloading the ball. At, at unbelievable speed. I understand what people are going to say, a clear striking action, etc. I understand what you're going to come back at me with now, lads. Don't worry. I, I know it's coming. But for me... Are you pulling them up in training, Dada? Are you no, pulling I'm them not. Up in because, I'm not because we're, we're, we're not pulling them up in training because we're, we're trying to get faster at offloading the ball. And I can tell you now, you'd say Kinnerk and all them, he'll be doing it. You'll see a, a, an incident this year where one of those limited guys will volley on the ball when it comes to him. He'll volley it straight to his hand. You watch... During the summer, you'll see an instant where a ball will bounce and he'll volley on it to avoid being caught. Limerick and Waterford and those good teams will adapt to what's been done. And look, I, I don't know. I don't get me don't get me going on it now because I'll only, you'll only be here all day and, and he'll never get paid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. There's two men in the country that could be debating this. You're serving Cusack now today and uh, he'd be the same. But I... I'm doing it in training now because I don't want us to be giving away a crucial free in a, in a championship match. Yeah, can, I, can, I make one, can I make one point out of Anthony? Philip Manny yeah. down here in Waterford, like the plays with Benny Gunner, he's the best exponent I've ever seen of what I call a high hand pass. When he's when he's caught up, right, mm. and he gets it away with a high hand, almost, you know, he gets it away, and he does it brilliantly. He comes off the fingers and, it, and he pushes. I think the ref, when they see someone bottled up now and and, and they're doing the high hand, automatically give the free, even even if a fella has genuinely hand passed it up high, like he's genuinely got it away. And another one is, and he got it right yesterday with Conor Lahan. When a fella drops to the ground and he's he's barely trying to get his body weight right, he sometimes take, it comes off the hand and he hand passes it. You know, as he as he's be, at the end of a shamazil, if you like, or at the end of a ruck, and he gets it away. They're inclined to give the free straight away for that. And no more than myself, you're telling the opposition to call throw throw. You're telling your players to call throw through it through it. You're, you're trying to win frees off the ref as well. Yeah, there's another. The Patrick Curran one is a good example because it looked like in real time as if it, it looked like as if it was a throw. But I thought the freeze frame last night on the Sunday game, it like if you looked at the freeze frame closely, it did look like separation yeah. was there. So I thought yeah. in terms of actual example, I thought that was a really, really good one. Like it was a great pass as well by Patrick Curran. Very, very high skillful to get the pass away under pressure. Perfect. But it looked like on the freeze that there was not much, yeah. but it looked like there was separation there. But the, exactly. like the Keane Lynch one, like Jesus, you couldn't tell me that wasn't the troll, lads. I know it comes barely off. And, and Jeez, the I don't know how you. But come here. The point I have about Eric is we've been told that they were told by Crow Park <laughs> if you're in doubt, give the free. Yeah. Like and so like if you're Johnny Murphy and the Patrick Curran one, and you're not sure, you should give a free out, shouldn't shouldn't you? Well, listen, I was uh, under rules sure. at the end of last year, I was on the rules committee and there was actually someone who remarked on the rules committee that the hand pass is not a skill at all. You know? Like, like, it's not like, a skill at all? Oh, yeah. yeah? Oh, sorry. Okay. 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 So, okay. so, like, ah, like, uh, look, look. Yeah, we won't bait we it to death no. because we, we've it done before and uh, we, I don't know. It'll be frustrating, though, lads, when it... It was a monster yeah. for well, in semi-final now, and you're out the gap, yeah. beaten. Quarter-final, semi-final, yeah. final. Like you're gone, and you won't be winning. And one call, like, geez, I would have thought we should have reverted anyway for championship back to, if you're in doubt, let it off. 
let, let it flow. Let it flow. Yeah. Let it flow. At least yeah. that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's look at obviously the huge game in Leinster. I know TJ, your your driver's nearly be there now in a minute, but he he can Thank bring you. him in there and give him a, uh, a black pudding sandwich. Cup of tea. <laughs> and uh, don't need Matt Tafering there. Yeah, just it was a pity to see the magnet close last night. TJ coming through the village. Yeah, that's close the way. Picture yeah, we're, and put it, send it on to you. Up, up the road in Gary Spillane to, to the Welcome Inn or the, the Hill Bar not long there are the two um, water and holes at the moment so the, the Magnus Hose is a pub for a while oh there's plenty of oh. buzz coming up through Ballylanders and, and on into Gary Spillane and on into <laughs> hospital there was plenty of lads outside the pub with the, <laughs> outside yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the fag good times championship yeah, days yeah, you yeah. can't beat them huh? And all that area, of course, borders Cork as well. So we 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 understand where that comes from, and uh, <laughs> not worried about Marco there. But let's uh, start even. Straight up, didn't get to see it. Saw the highlights last night. Had Radio One on. Great commentary with uh, Shane McGrath as co-commentary. I think with Parik Lodge, and I also had uh, is it Southeast Radio on, Derek? And yeah, yeah. the commentator is good. Now I can't think of his name, but he Bradley. had Billy Bourne. Who's it? Spratt, I can't think of a sort of... Yeah, Liam Spratt. Liam Spratt. Liam Spratt. But yeah. he, he had Billy Bourne and Tom Dempsey live with him. So I bought one on the computer and one on... And it was great <laughs> stuff to listen to. But you, could, you, like, you couldn't... Um, I was in Dublin and I was in Cork, actually. I got to Cork. Um, and they wouldn't turn... Wherever I was, I won't say it because they wouldn't turn on the television. Like, And he kind of said to me, the barman, and if I was putting it on, it'd be Liverpool and City would be going on. So maybe that's what reflection of Cork Hurling at the moment. I don't know. I know I could have rang the Polish man or the, the handsome man or, or, or Jabba, the, the Glen boys and the Mayfield as I could have met them someplace. But then I mightn't have been as fresh for yesterday. I'm a bit surprised you didn't go into your Clare buddies, Monty and Sully. I know, yeah, but surely again, there's, that, there's so the, many screens in the pub now. You could have soccer, rugby, golf and hurling and yeah. football on. That could have led to further difficulties as well. Like, you know, so I said, <laughs> I, I just uh, keep the head down and uh, listen away. And uh, sometimes the radio is great way to, yeah. you can imagine things and you're picking up stuff. And you, when you have Shane McGrath, Tom Dempsey and Billy Bourne as co-commentators, it's it's fascinating. So, um, huge result for Wexford lads. And, and be disappointed one for Galway because they did control did control the game and last night watching some of the chances that were blazed over instead of under um, makes you feel like Henry will be kicking himself and Kevin obviously TJ that they didn't come out of there with the two points yeah very disappointing considering the way they played in the first half it could have been definitely more ahead the game and it kind of didn't really feel like a championship game early doors it kind of felt like as if it lacked a bit of something or whatever Wexford were poor um, I think Galway 10 wides there in the first half I suppose the two key turning points for, for Galway, which they look back on, yes, obviously yesterday and today, would be the goal chance they created in the second half where Joe Cooney went through. Like To me, he pops that ball to Conor Cooney. It's a goal. It's game over. I think that's a, that's a critical point for them. Um, it was a well-worked opportunity. And I suppose, like, we're on about the hand pass. I just don't know where the referee came up with this decision. I thought Conor Cooney did everything right. He proposed himself. They're two points up. He's having a goal to land that free to make a three, even though it might be into a little bit of a breeze there. I think that's a wrong call. Like, how many times over the years have we looked at Hoggy taking a minute plus out of the game? And I thought that was a bullshit call. I thought it was very harsh in Galway. I thought it was unfair. And as I said, they'd be right to be kind of peeved over that one. But 
Then so the three minutes, three minutes later, Tej, um, Lee Chin took six seconds longer. Even Lee Chin's one wasn't too bad. Like, as I said, I've, I've seen way, way worse instances over three years where people just really take the shite out of it. Like, but I thought that, um, is this a victim? Um, is this is this a cause, Tej, of the round robin and the home, the hometown effect? The home, the crowd roaring and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I was, yeah, it's very, very, very possible. I was, um, I was joking yesterday on a separate point to Clarky uh, was up in the, in in the premium area with me and we were having a chat and we were talking about the Galway and Wexford match and we were on about Lee Chin and after he coming on and I was kind of saying that if if I happened to hurl in this era you know, with my red helmet I reckon I'd look like Lee Chin. <laughs> Just like Clark, like Clarky looked like Kyle Hayes last year, was it? <laughs> the physical shape of Lee Chin when he came on was incredible. Like I said, for, mm. for, for a modern day horror, it's phenomenal. I thought that Wexford with Conor McDonald is very influential to pull forward. Tough. Like, the, at times in the second half, probably saying that, yeah, maybe, maybe they, 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 what Wexford could have been a little bit more direct. But I thought when they would hurl and, and they upped the ante in the second half, they were impressive. They have good individuals around the pitch. Um, there was a couple of great battles, um, like cornerback on uh, Jack Relish on um, on Rory O'Connor. Great, great mm. battle there. Um, as you said, Tom Monaghan's performance. Darren Morrissey. Yeah, I thought I thought that Tom Monaghan deserved to be man of the match. Four points in the middle of the field, like no call, yeah. gallery, plenty of possessions. But look, he's, he's he's a kind of a free role. Like so, I for me, I thought Tom Monaghan was incredible. Uh, Joe Cooney did a great second half as well. But overall, the picture for Galway will be one of disappointment. They put themselves in a winning position. And I just felt that they got that goal in the second half. They made clinical there. They would have won the game. Yeah, it's still a point away from home, though. And the fixtures are probably kinder to them than others. But on the Wexford thing, uh, Derek, Chin, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you... you and obviously, you were involved in the club level. But I'm wondering how fit is he? Is there a start in him and a, and a 70 minutes against Dublin? Because this is huge. Now yeah. this weekend coming, uh, and the Dubs obviously didn't do themselves any great favors on scoring difference, so this could be very very tight, especially with five points may not get you through. Like, yeah, well, well, there might even be fifty minutes in him, you know, and and get the yeah. job done. That, that's the way Dara might look at it. He might say to himself, right, I need him on the pitch from the start against against um, uh, Dublin to set the tone. Um, in terms of yeah, I, I I speak to him no fairly regularly, but not obviously when you're. You don't kind of ask a huge amount, but you know when you're not involved in county yeah. scene, you're kind of not inclined, believe it or not, to even though you might be on a podcast, you're not inclined to actually try and get leaks, you know, out of respect as much as anything else. So yeah, all I know they're very happy, you know, very happy with how things are going in Wexford in general. His injury, he seemed to have a small bit of a setback when he came on against Waterford. He obviously was struggling with a hamstring injury, but he he, he tweaked the hamstring again, but in a different part of the muscle, so it wasn't as serious. So I'd say he was good to go for last time. Um, for last Saturday, got the 20 minutts, and look, he's massive. He's you know, a talisman, I suppose. He, he lifted the crowd, everything lifted when he came on. Great nerves of steel, I suppose, to get over you know, to get the free over, etc. So, look, I think that he'll probably look at starting and getting him on the pitch from the start. You know, you know if, invariably, when you're in Mexico Park, there's a breeze, there'll be a breeze there Saturday. And the, if you really analyze it, that, that game is massive on Saturday because you know, with all due respect to Leisha Westmead, you're probably saying. You know, it's 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 three between Kilkenny, Wexford, Dublin, and Galway, and the yeah. winner of that will probably pick up four points from the Leash and Westmead, which will put them on six, which will put them probably two. You know. Yeah, it's 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 key for Galway, Mark. 
you know, losing Conor Whelan is is significant. It looked it looked like you no know, Shane McGrath admitted that he was a primary teacher, Shane Shaney, uh, or good buddy, uh, not a doctor, but he did feel he looked at it like coming off him. Whereas Kyle Hayes was one, you kind of felt he put up the hand straight away. It might be mild, yeah. But yeah. Conor Whelan yeah. wanted to play on, and yeah. then it was kind of no way. I mean, he's oh. just he was nearly unmarkable, like yesterday during the game or Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Connor is one of the, the best forwards in the game and he's low centre of gravity and he's a kitog as well, which makes him even harder to mark. But he had a huge influence in the game up to that point. I think he he got a goal and three points at that stage. But um, like with the round robin and the fact that the matches come so fast and take now any bit of an injury, the players are more more often not going to put up their hand and say, listen, I need I need to be responsible here now because... There are more games to come in a short period of time. Um, but, like, he's a very strong player, very physical, very aggressive. And um, I suppose we, we, we pointed out earlier on in the season that he hadn't been getting fed an awful lot of ball, but he was really on his A game, I, I would have thought, on Saturday night. And he could be... I, I still think that Galway should have enough players in their arsenal to, to qualify. But I suppose... Isn't it great to see two managers coming into the game, Darry Egan and Henry Shefflin, their first taste of uh, real championship as managers? I say Henry would probably feel a little bit disappointed in so far that probably for 50 minutes of the game, they looked like they controlled it. Then on the other side of it, you had Wexford missing a penalty, or even though they got a point from it. Uh, if the game went on for another couple of minutes, would they snake the result? I do believe the home crowd does have an influence on referees. And that's, you know, young Welsh, the referee, he's new to the game as well. He's a very, very good referee, to be fair to him. But I thought he probably panicked a little bit insofar that he shouldn't have um, he shouldn't have thrown in the ball. And I go back to the incident with Patrick Conn and Kylie. The fact that Kylie had the ball in the net before Johnny Murphy got an opportunity, maybe to blow for, for the hand pass. Like, imagine just blowing and disallowing the goal for Waterford below in Welsh Park. I just have a feeling those home results, at the home venue, sorry, does have a slight, a slight influence. I know no referee would want to hear me saying that, but unfortunately, it does happen. And I, and I would agree with TJ. Part was a poor decision um, to, to take the, the free off of him, to be honest with you. But look, it, it, look, it was a good result for both new managers to the game. And we need these guys, you know, the, the, the Eagles and the Sheffields. We need that new blood in the game. So I think, look, it all makes that for fascinating. What we want is both Leinster and Munster Championship to come down to the last weekend, like we had a number of years ago, where Galway were top of the pile with three or four minutes to go, and they ended up being in the bottom. So that's what we're looking forward for the, for the summer of Holland. Yeah, I was in Parnell that night. It was an amazing night. It was, it was amazing. It was um, That's the beauty of having a kind of an ordinary run-of-the-mill stadium like Walsh Park or, or um, Cusick Park. You know, they're having the big fancy stands and Limerick yeah, yeah, and yeah, Turles yeah. and Cork. And that our last tour in Innes, you know, it could be, could be significant. Waterford top of the table maybe coming to Innes and Liam Cahill resting half the team, like, you know, to get ready for a Munster final. That's, that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, um, Kilkenny obviously rolled out TJ and he comes on. <laughs> I've Alan Murphy in my fantasy team. We'll come to that in a sec. Um, 
TJ's back and uh, one one three, I think, and big win from for a finish. Although Westmead for a long time, Killian Dial outstanding, obviously, and then the dubs heavy weather again. Uh, of leash, just Cheddar seems to have put the wind up this Dublin bunch of players and uh, um, in the role and again nearly pulling off the heroics right at the end, having banged in one and nearly banged in the other. It's, it's probably down to Leash and Westmead for, for relegation. Realistically, Derek, with the fixtures are in it, but they really do fancy a crack off Dublin everywhere they meet them, don't they? Yeah, look, picky man, no picky man, no Willie Dunphy. You know, yeah. two, two, I think Willie will be back next, next week now, but Vicky is a big, big loss to, to, to Leash, like particularly the way he was playing. And I think it, it, it probably raises the whole question as to, you know, not the minnows, but they're planning better now, the Leashes and Westmeads. They're planning, they're, you know, they're putting a huge amount of analysis into the other team and they're, they're, they're able to be competitive, you know, really competitive, more than competitive Leash were. And Westmead were competitive for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and, and, and then Kilkenny. But the, the, the interesting thing was Kilkenny's pursuit of goals near the end of the game. With the with the scoring average in mind, with the score score difference in mind, TJ had a, a twenty one. TJ had a twenty one. Could have thrown over the bar, quick free goal. You know, the reality is, you know, Dublin's plus one now or whatever they won by plus two. You know, that could it could be held against them no more than Cork minus eleven yesterday. If they did manage to get four points, you know, it's it's yeah. The scoring average, if you end up on the same amount of points, is is, is a significant factor. Like you know, yeah, I'm sure yeah, all and, the, and the big one. Yeah, something that scoring out struck me there because he put down and then it on the road. Some scoring differences. Yeah, big time. And I presume all the managements are nailing this in, lads. You know, you have to keep going here. Maybe that that was disappointing from Kieran Kingston's point of view that maybe could have yeah. kept that at seven points yeah. even yesterday. It might just get you over the yeah. line. The other thing I just, just I know you're going to touch on that and you probably touched on it before, like, but with the situation yesterday in Waterford, they were Corrup Daly came off at half time, right? Oshin Pepper came on for Wexford with four or five minutes to go. Carl, uh, you know, Carl O'Neill came on for Limerick yesterday. We, we, we're playing Kerry in under 20 now on, on Wednesday night. We won't have Corrup Daly. Wexford are playing Leash under 20. You know, I know John Coyley touched on it this morning in the paper. I was reading it. Yeah. What a what a ridiculous rule, like you know that you take Cora didn't go well yesterday, right? He didn't go well. He came off at half time. The value of him going back with his buddies, his own age that he's been with since he's fourteen years of age, or no. this week. Never mind, never mind physically. The the value of going back to your mates. It's like I remember the sixteen months of finally we got hammered. You go up to the club on Monday or Tuesday night. You know you're, you're right. They get a bit of banter, but thinking they look after you, like they look out for you, like and that's what happens when you yeah. go back to your own buddies at under twenty level. You build a bit of confidence, so. Just you know, I think it's I just I agree with John completely with the age of science and you're able to monitor their loads, etc. I think it's ridiculous. It's a shocking rule. It, for me, it's just absolutely shocking. And John described it as we're penalising the best, you know. Yeah. And maybe he could have afforded to leave off Kyle O'Neill yesterday, but in the bigger picture for Limerick with Kyle Hayes, yeah. tight yeah. hamstring, he probably needs to see him oh, in yeah, championship know, and, and he got his couple of points. No way should he be penalised from playing. Um, we'll say bring the match forward even to Tuesday night. Uh, if the match is on Saturday night against Wild, it's it's shocking rule. I I don't know who. It, I mean, look, intercounty managements are going to get a break, great break this year, lads. Um, they're going to yeah. be finished if you get to the All Ireland final the seventeenth of July. Tis the intercounty players are going to be absolutely. They'll go straight back to the club, and yeah. if you're an ambitious club, want to win a county championship. 
like yourselves, Derek, you know, your own lads there, the Jack Fagans of this world, and, and you're going to have to go back and lift the load straight away. You mentioned Austin yeah. with, with Mount Sinai. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tougher, and, and I think trying to mind young, young fellas would love to play at that level. They have no guarantee that they'll go on to have a mm-hmm. sterling inter-county senior career, and, and uh, for me, it's an all-wrong rule you know, overall. Off. You go on, yeah. TJ. I gotta go, yeah. My, my yeah, well, you don't look great on the fantasy table anyway, TJ. So, look, we won't. I'll save you the embarrassment. We'll just get back to Mark. Did you like bring back a bootload of it there from Fairy House, will you? I have work to do. As I said, you great day for green and white yesterday. Follow the green and gold today. See you, boys. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, TJ. We'll talk to you. Good luck. <laughs> Let's just uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, just to run down through things. Huge win for Down. Carrying on their great work from the league below in, in the stacks power. Kerry. Yeah, against Kerry, I mean, um, yeah. wouldn't be. Uh, just to touch on, fell I got to know over the years down there in Club Shane Nolan, a great servant. Sorry to hear that he'd retired. I don't know whether there's a dispute there. Obviously, new management with Stephen coming in, but he's on ways. I don't know what teams and outs of it are, but Shane Nolan, a great servant to Kerry um, and won't be forgotten. And I know the Kilmiley boys would have massive respect for him. Played for Crat O'Neill's, we killed Flynn there. Um, big win for Down, huge statement for them from the get go. Awfully rattling the life out of Antrim in Corrigan. It was, it was, it was actually something I, I'm, and I'm kind of sorry for the Offaly lads because they, they put so much into it and, and probably should have held on. But Darren Gleason's point last night about which I can play it well enough here, often enough. You yeah, know, taking yeah. back to the miss penalty, penalty uh, that's right, McManus yeah. for the draw, maybe in, and the clear match, they won all right, but the Wexford draw last year, and you could see where he was coming from as well. You know, that they, they got a break in Corrigan Park yeah. and uh, yeah. they could well meet again. But I think Carlo made a major statement victory as well over me, who were probably struggling a little bit. So that's bubbling up nicely. Um, Great wins in the in the Christie Ring for Derry Kildare Mayo, the Nicky Rackard for the Rossies, Tommy Gilfile, shout out to Tommy's involved there, Donegal and Tyrone, and my old buddies Longford who were down here a couple of weeks ago. Good win in the Lowry lads going well. Things went well, the training session in Clarecastle, uh, along with Monaghan and Leitrim. So uh, the best of luck going forward. They'll be fascinating. They'll all have their eyes on on, on a spot in Crow Park for the Joe McDonough before the All Ireland final and and for the others on their own. Big day, a special day for for those counties. Um, the fantasy has, has kicked off. I'm conscious we're coming up to one minute, one hour twenty seven eighteen. The fantasy has kicked off. The RAF, if you like, I mean, it's been a big weekend. Lads went with you know. Oh, there's our own Derek. I didn't see a team in from you. No, 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 no. You're right, Give you somewhere like if you're throwing a team, I'll give you somewhere like one sixty nine with Johnny McGrath. <laughs> you can take it from there. I'm sure, I'm sure the boys in in on road be able to organise it. But Mark, you're worryingly in the middle of the table there. You did break the two hundred, Mark. You're ahead of Larry, I suppose. Which and normally with the way it's currently gone, but does. Up I top there, there's a, there's a 40 point gap already, Mark, between the two of us. There is, you there just is want Dela, to beat you, me as you declared live yeah, in the Castle Strike yeah. Park. You know what I mean? You were obviously very busy on Twitter and there for the last seven or eight days. They'll get the inside track. The live shows and everything, sure. You know, Connor Cooney was the big decision between you and me. I went for Nyland, my buddy. I had stuck with him, I had the faith in him. Unfortunately, he didn't get the nod from the management taking the freeze, so that has a big influence. But I'm your old buddy Donald Buck there as captain, and I'm hoping that he'll put up a big score. I'll try and put a squeeze, but 
there was a fairly familiar feel to the bottom of the table, I would have to say, in Shawnee and young Cadigan down the bottom there, like, you know, the, the young pretenders to the crown. Um, you got to love the name of Shawnee's team, though, in fairness. 3.4 million. <laughs> he couldn't fit in the Black Rock Road on it, though. That's the only thing. Uh, it's nice to see Hoagie as well back around mid-table there. We had him. Lads, our, our listener, again, Thomas Lally, uh, the Toon Army, Namogna, uh, 262 points, phenomenal shooting. Uh, I'm actually fourth on that, they're not. Hurling under ditch too, TJ, be delighted to see him. He's in there in fifth. He's but back. again, Thomas's score, and he's topping the overall as well, lads. So again, with all due respect to the other lovely leagues that are out there, if you're not in this one, lads, you won't be topping the overall fantasy leaders. So it's only kicking off. I think there's transfers this week, Mark, is there? I wouldn't be. I'd be up yes. to date and know it all. Like, but. Oh, you go away on it, actually. You're, you're one of the fellas that designed the system, I would say. You know every transfer and tricking. You know every trick in the board. I'm only after learning this year that if you transfer your captain out as the last transfer, you get another pick afterwards. So, you cute whores, like, you, you have everything sussed out in advance, like. And you nearly won the National League one, like, Jesus, that's amazing. And you won the Celebrity one in the overall, like, you know, that is amazing. Yeah. You could, you, I suppose you well, only look, get lucky once in these sort of things. Yeah, like, but you know, you're but, just after becoming the hunted now, Dale, because yeah, of but just that, remember a few more rounds to go. Just remember TK, TK has to go in this week, I'd say, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Just I, I will say I, I should have said it. Like a lot of war, or a lot of tips, young guns. In fairness, Colin Bonner, Craig Morgan, um, um, great game, Mark Kyo caused Connor a good few problems. Sorry, you know, um, quickly even full back. You know, yeah. Um, they, they, their half back line, Barry Heffernan and was Sterling again. There was good performance by Tip, wasn't it? And we, we kind of leave it at maybe we didn't mention them enough when we spoke about the Tip Watford game. Yeah, and look, came, came in under a kind of a little or no expectation, which kind of probably helped him as well, you know. But defensively, very strong in the first half. Carl Barrett not giving Desi much change. Craig Morgan not giving Stevie Bennett much much change. You know, Dylan Quirk even a very good at right half. Okay. You know, uh, Quigley strong and effective at full forward, full back, albeit Quigley was giving him a small bit of water. And look, a good starting point for them. And mix that in with the guile of, of Noel McGrath and the kind of the experience in the forwards and Mark Yeo obviously really good in the, in, the, in, in the full forward line. Tip have hurlers and they're very good hurlers. For me, they're just a little bit behind it. You know, that that, that kind of, when Watford brought, brought the intensity levels up, you know, not many teams can live at Watford when they, when they bring those intensity levels up to that for that 20-minute period that did five before halftime and 15 afterwards. So, look, it, it's still heartening for Tip, but they'll have to back it up with their home games, target... You know, Claire and, and Target, if you like, um, Cork in their home games, hope to get four points and beat someone on the head-to-head because, you know, yeah. all-known form, all known form, you'd be saying Limerick will take him in the, in the Gaelic Counts, you know? That's that's mm-hmm. what you'd be kind of saying to yourself. You know, we're saying that it's four points achievable. It probably is achievable, you know? That's that's the reality. But look, for me, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Saturday and what I think will be the first of, of three games between Waterford and Limerick this year. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, flagged exactly. it up there last night. And, and and the predictions as well, just to clear up there, we all sent in our predictions. They didn't say who did who, you declared, yeah, yeah. and yourself and Liam were kind of being all sorts of righteousness that you were in first. But the yeah. two snakes, Derek, I want, to, I want to name out the two snakes that came in when Galway were going well at halftime with their... They're Leinster exactly. champions. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Dowling and Mr. Cummins. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they left I'm fair as I stuck to my guns now. I was late coming in, but I went to a Kikini. 
They waited till Galway were six points up. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. didn't think anyone <laughs> yeah, That I wasn't revealed last night, no, Wesley. Yeah. But I suppose, I went, Mark, I went, looking I forward, we wouldn't have much chance going to Torles with our injuries and everything else. And, you know, um, <laughs> we just hope Brian and the lads can get, you know, a decent 20 down there to, to have a go at them. We, we were very lucky down there the last time, the butt of a post in the last time, the round robin in Torles, our only victory in Torles, Link Instep. So, look at. Like, was a few of the faithful will go down, but you'd expect from the way they put it up to everyone's new favourites for the All Ireland Waterford that we we'd be travelling oh, and hope the banner. Oh, yeah, well, we bring the sandwiches, the ration sausage sandwiches. Um, we we'll have to do a bit of Ed Sheeran first before we try and take on Tony Kelly. But um, I I think the big thing for Cork now is look, would it be better off to let the lads off for a couple of days and get. Like we've had a couple of hard defeats now. The Waterford defeat was difficult and yesterday was difficult. And it was the manner of the losses more than anything. And I remember you saying to me that back in 98, when we beat you in the league semi-final, that you said to John Lachnan, give me a few quid now and a bus and, a bus. and don't worry where we're going, right? But when you get us back, we'll be ready for the... And I think there might be no harm in... The boys heading and finding an old quite spot for themselves and build themselves up because that probably now turns out to be the critical game of the where season, would I head, would suggest. Where would you head for, Mark, if you were calling it now? You'd get out of the city, you know? I'd be getting out of the city, definitely. And I'd, you'd be going, I'd probably go west, I'd say. Go west. <laughs> That's what we done in 98. We went north, <laughs> actually, up to the scanner. Go down to the scanner. <laughs> and you'll find a pub in it called Joseph McHugh's. And we got a corner there and we took it over and... You know what? Yeah. Lads debated stuff and everything. So great exactly. stuff as always, lads. Exactly. Derek, savage to have you. Um, Thanks, enjoy the rest of your holidays, Derek. Hey, Derek. I'm going to watch yes, Waterford United right. today, lads. Cork City. Yeah. Bringing the small lads. Good man. Have your prediction there? <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. No, no more in the hurl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text Milan. I'll text Milan. <laughs> sure great stuff. Okay, boys. Time. Thanks a million. Great stuff. See you later, lads. Hello.